Well, they did it again. The San Francisco Giants made an unpopular move by optioning uh, rookie outfielder Luis Gonzalez before yesterday's game in order to activate Tommy LaStella. So we'll talk about why it was that they had to make this move. And oh, by the way, a really nice win in Colorado as well. So all of that next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about these Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the decision to option Luis Gonzalez. I know that a lot of people don't like this move and they don't like moves like this, but we're going to try to do our best to explain why it was pretty much necessary when all was said and done. And we're also going to talk about a very nice win yesterday in Colorado for the San Francisco Giants. To me, it felt like an important win. Don't ask me why, but we're going to get into the game itself and some other roster moves as well. But starting with Luis Gonzalez, if you listen to yesterday's show, we talked about this, that it was a distinct possibility that he was going to be sent down. And the reason for it is that the Giants had basically no other choice. The only other option, the only other realistic choice that they had was to, to go with 12 pitchers on their roster as opposed to 13. And this is a team that historically has chosen to have as many pitchers as possible on the roster. And very rarely have they gone with 12 for any kind of extended period of time. And also, they're in Denver, a place where you absolutely need as many pitchers as you can get much of the time. And we saw it last night. I mean, Alex Wood, solid starting pitcher for the Giants. He was only able to go four and a third. So Dom Leone pitched an inning in two thirds. He's probably off the board today. Tyler Rogers pitched an inning. John Brebbia and Camilo Duvall. And so when you think about the fact that someone who gets optioned has to be down for at least 10 days, unless they're replacing someone who goes on the injured list, it just... It, to me, like it's an injury risk if you only have 12 pitchers and, and you're concerned about that. And so the point is they couldn't option anybody else except Mike Yastrzemski, Austin Slater, or Joey Bart on the position player side. And I've seen a lot of people, I, I wrote this on Twitter and I've mentioned Bart, Yastrzemski, and Slater, and people are saying, uh, Bart, option Bart. Well, no, you're not going to just have one catcher on your roster that's that's just a no a non-starter. There was no way that was going to happen. So it was basically Gonzalez or Yastrzemski or Slater if they were just dead set on having 13 pitchers. So it's an unpopular decision, but it's basically a move that had to get made. And Gonzalez did nothing to deserve to be promoted. It's just simply a matter of all these other guys like Lamont Wade Jr. I mean, even him, you're not going to send him down to keep... Luis Gonzalez. So it's a function of them having multiple healthy left-handed outfielders. So 
it's not like when we talk about, okay, La Stella was added and this is why they optioned Gonzalez. It's not really a one for one. He's not essential. I mean, in a way he is, but La Stella does not play the same position as Luis Gonzalez. So, I mean, La Stella is a whole other situation and I've seen a lot of people very down on La Stella, which I don't quite understand either. But you've got Jock Peterson, Mike Yastrzemski, Lamont Wade Jr., and you had, of course, Luis Gonzalez. So that's four left-handed outfielders, none of whom can be optioned except Luis Gonzalez. And so if any of those guys goes down with an injury, or even if Brandon Belt goes down with an injury, Luis Gonzalez is going to be the first guy you see getting called up. And for good reason. I mean, he showed well at the major league level. He he hit 349 with a 397 on base and 492 slugging. I just must point out this is not a sustainable performance. Like there's numbers in here that tell us like he was due for some serious regression, right? He's not these are not I mean these are superstar numbers essentially, but they're also just inflated numbers. He's got a 370 average on balls in play. There's just absolutely no way that that was going to remain that high. A 143 isolated power is kind of mediocre, and some of that came from hitting a home run against Albert Pujols. A significant number of uh, amount of that came from the home run against Pujols. So I'm not trying to rain on the parade of Luis Gonzalez, but I think it's important to point out he was doing very well, but was also due for significant regression. And so he's not, he looks like a nice complimentary player a la Lamont Wade Jr. or Mike Yastrzemski. You're not saying he's the exact same player as these guys, but every year, like in 2019 with Yastrzemski, 2020 was a weird year. I'm kind of not counting. 2021 with Wade and now Luis Gonzalez, they keep finding these nice platoon-like outfielders who can be a part of their roster moving forward. And that's the other thing I want to point out with Gonzalez. He has this one option left, and I think there's some confusion about what that means. Having one option remaining means one option year. It means a year in which you can be optioned multiple times. There used to be no limit to the number of times you could be optioned in a season. Like if you had one option left as he does, you could be sent up and down all season long a bunch of times. Now there's a limit of five times. So he has one option remaining, but that means five. (laughs) So it's a little bit confusing, but one option year remaining, and that includes five times this year. And so uh, options in April didn't count because of the short spring training and the expanded rosters. So we start now. So he's used up one of his five options this year. But importantly, what this means is that next year he becomes another one of these guys who's out of options. And so Luis Gonzalez, under club control, he has less than a year of service time. So the Giants, he's on their 40-man. His service time was ticking as he was up with the Giants. He can be under club control for up to six years of service time. So he's like... Yastrzemski and Wade in that way that he's a player they can have for a long time if they so desire. It's just a matter of right now they needed a roster spot and he just so happened to be the only guy really besides Yastrzemski and Slater who they're not going to option. The only guy who who kind of made sense to option. But next year he becomes an out of options guy just like Lamont Wade Jr. is this year. Mike Yastrzemski 
has never been optioned. So he technically could still be optioned, but he's performed so well that they just haven't found the need to do it. And I think you understand why, right? You're not going to option Yastrzemski yesterday when you could just option Gonzalez. That's kind of a no-brainer decision. And for Slater, I must point out, first of all, he's been great. And secondly, he is he fills a different role. He's a he's one of the few righty platoon guys that they have. They have way more lefty players right now. And so it wasn't going to be Slater either. But I just want to point out to those of you who've fallen in love with Luis Gonzalez, first of all, you got to give credit to the Giants for finding these guys. These guys don't just grow on trees, guys who can come up and produce immediately at the major league level and become a fan favorite within a matter of a month. Uh, And under club control for many years and next year becomes a guy who they can't do this to. And that's what happened with Wade. It's happened with other players and it, it gives you a little more security when you perform well and you cannot be optioned. And so that's the situation that he's going to run into at the earliest next year. But I would imagine that he'll be up at some point. Like I said, if there's any kind of injury to a number of different players, he's the first guy up. And to me, he passed many on the depth chart with this strong month of performance. I think he passed Steven Duggar on the depth chart. So I don't think they're going to force Duggar back onto this roster. I think Gonzalez would have the inside track if there's some kind of injury to a lefty in the outfield or belt, like I said, because then Wade could go to first base. I think Gonzalez comes up and not Duggar, even if Duggar is also healthy. So it's a good problem to have. It's just an unfortunate thing for Gonzalez. But if you can understand that the Giants didn't want to have 12 pitchers, then they literally had no other choice. And some might be saying they should have traded LaStella or something, but I think that's a little bit insane, given that LaStella is a quality established player. Gonzalez can be optioned. It's a minimum 10 days. So if something happens, I mean, it's 10 days, okay? So we need to just take a deep breath and uh, understand it was just an unfortunate numbers game, and he'll be back. So that's that. So coming up next, I want to talk about The Giants' huge win in Colorado. Why did I feel like it was such a big win, and how did they get it done? Uh, And specifically, man, at the catcher position, the Giants are surprising some people. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake. Really, is there anything better? They've enrobed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles with 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 6 grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, as promised, I want to talk about the Giants' victory last night in Colorado. It felt important to me kind of because, like, right, they had this five-game was it five or they had this losing streak at the beginning of May and then they turned it around and had this winning streak, but then they got kind of embarrassed and blown out in a couple of consecutive games in St. Louis. 
And so on the whole, if you kind of combine the losing streak, the winning streak, and then the two losses in St. Louis, it's kind of been a rough stretch of baseball for the Giants, even though it's been high highs, low lows, add it all up. And it's been a little bit of a rough stretch. And so you go into Colorado, they had a couple of leads that they blew. And it did just feel to me like a game if they lost and then fans are grumbling about Luis Gonzalez, there was going to be a lot of negativity around the Giants. So for them to pull out this win, a close one-run game, Mike Yastrzemski hitting a two-out home run in the ninth inning that gave the Giants the lead, it was a big win. So we'll talk about it in just a second. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, I mean, a lot to say about this game. The standouts to me, Kurt Casale, Mike Yastrzemski, and some late bullpen work. Alex Wood had a so-so start. It's definitely difficult to pitch in Coors Field. But I mean, Yastrzemski and Casale are two players worth talking about a little bit. For me, Mike Yastrzemski has had a, I don't want to say breakout year because he's already had a breakout year, but a very nice, under-the-radar, quiet, rebound type of season so far. The numbers aren't like superstar jumping off the page numbers, but they're really strong numbers. The expected numbers are even better. He's hit some rockets out to right field that have just been kind of right at the right fielder. And some of the underlying numbers suggest improvement in some significant areas. For example... His outside the zone swing rate, essentially chase rate, is only 21.8%. And when I look at his last several, his last three years in the big leagues, which are his only three years, uh, in 2019, he was chasing uh, his swing. Okay, swings on pitches. <laughs> when he swung, the pitch was outside the zone 29.2% of the time in 2019. 23.4% of the time in 2020, 27.5% of the time in 2021. So we can look at that and kind of say, I mean, that's strongly correlated with the success that he had in those years. League average is around 30%, 31%. But then this year, like I said, 21.8%. He is just not chasing pitches out of the zone right now. And he's doing so at a pretty elite level. In fact, I should pull up the league leaders, and I would imagine he's somewhere close to the top in terms of not chasing pitches out of the strike zone. His contact rate, meanwhile, is also has also seen a significant improvement so far in 2022. He's making contact on 83.3% of his swings. If we look back at the last three years, 75 76.5%, 77.5%. He's actually jumped up one point each of the last three years. But then going to this year, it's a six-point jump from 775 to 83.3%. So that also corresponds with a strikeout rate that's only 17%. And we look at the last three years, 26, 24.5%, 24.5%, and then 17 Walk rate is also a nice, healthy 11%. He's got a 350 on base percentage. The only thing missing is power right now. And I think we've seen he's more than capable of hitting for power. And he certainly hit for power last night. So um, big home run. His swings have been really good. His patience has been really good. And that is great to see. Also just speaks to how baseball can be up and down. You can have 
down years and then come back and and kind of get back to form. And that reminds me of Tommy LaStella just randomly because I just want to point out, I think a lot of people maybe last year was the most they've ever seen of Tommy LaStella. And last year was a down year for Tommy LaStella. So when I get excited about him, when I say he's absolutely worth having on this roster, it's not that I look at last year and say, that's what he does. That's Tommy LaStella. And that needs to be on this roster and getting playing time over Luis Gonzalez, even though they play different positions. But uh last year was a down year for Listella, and just like last year was kind of a down year for Yastrzemski. If if last year was all we had seen of Yastrzemski, we would have very different opinions about him versus what we saw in 2019 and 2020, right? And so for Listella, it's a similar story. And so anyway, I just wanted to give a little shout to Mike Yastrzemski. I've been wanting to talk about him a lot this year and haven't really made the time, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. So also, Kurt Casale and the Giants at the catcher position overall. So Kurt Casale hit two home runs, two bombs off of Ty Block, who came in kind of a weird circumstance. The starting pitcher, Senzatella, for the Rockies, injured himself. He had a little bit of, I think, a back strain and came out of the game in like the second inning. And then uh, Ty Block came in. So it threw off the Giants lineup. And it was interesting that they didn't pinch hit. For their lefties, even though there was now a lefty on the mound, they kind of saved them for later. And I would say it paid off and worked out well. And like having Yastrzemski still in the game ended up being a big deal. Uh, so it was a bit of a weird circumstance. But overall, I mean, Casali. So he hits two home runs. And now for the season, this man is hitting 298 with a 377 on base percentage and 532 slugging. It's a 161 weighted runs created plus. Joey Bart, despite all the weirdness, has a 117 weighted runs created plus. So all in all, believe it or not, the San Francisco Giants are a mere two points behind the Chicago Cubs for number one in baseball in weighted runs created plus by their catchers. They're at 135, meaning 35% above average offense in general. At the catcher position, it is much worse than that. The overall uh, weighted runs created plus for catchers in Major League Baseball is 85. And so the Giants are getting 35% above average overall production. But when you add it with the league average for catchers, it's 50 percentage points above the league average produ production. So I'm not saying that's going to last because there's still weirdness with that. And Joey Bart's strikeout rate, it's hard to sustain being above average offensively when you're striking out as often as he is. But overall, they've basically gotten Buster Posey-like production out of the catcher position in 2022. And it's pretty funny and like I'm joking, but it feels like the Giants are just kind of trolling us with some of the stuff we've seen this year. And this is right at the top of the list for me with Bart and Casale just being essentially good. I mean, it's it's weird because I think a lot of people think of them as not being good, but the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, the catcher position is like a black hole for most teams. And for the Giants, it really hasn't been that way when you add it all up. And it's really weird. Like Bart's so much of his value is coming from walks, which is completely unexpected given that his biggest issue in 2020 and, and kind of even in the minor leagues has been plate discipline. And so you wouldn't peg him for a guy who's up at the top of leaderboards in walk rate this year, but he is. And also randomly again, 
the Giants are second in Major League Baseball in runs scored per game, which also feels like them trolling us to an extent. Because if you look at their lineup, you look at the Dodgers lineup, look, I believe in what they do and all the platooning that they do and getting the advantage like nine times out of 10 is going to put them in a good position almost every night to score runs. And But when you look at Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, Gavin Lux, it's just like an all-star team. And then you look at the Giants and they're right on the Dodgers' heels in terms of runs per game. It's just pretty hilarious. So anyway, I mean, that was the game. Essentially, those two guys hit combined three big home runs and Camilo Duvall and John Brebbia with some clutch scoreless outings in the eighth and ninth inning to close it out. A one-run win in Colorado felt good. So coming up next, we're going to take a step back, look at kind of the standings, the playoff position the Giants are in or not in. We'll give you an update on on the the playoff position. And then also one more roster move they got made that's actually pretty significant. So all of that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter slowly orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same part from a chain store or car dealership? Random example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, as promised, we're going to talk about the overall state of the San Francisco Giants, look at the standings for a second, the run differential, and then a significant roster move that got made yesterday as well. So the standings and their record, the Giants are 21 and 14, which is a 600 winning percentage. They've won 60% of their games, which if you Uh, extend that out over 162 game season would be a 97 win season. So it's been, like I said, they've had some highs and some lows, but when you add it all together, they've been just a solid, good team. And I think that, you know, expectations were altered a little bit last year when they won 107 games. So it's easy to be like, not disappointed, but to be like, so-so on what they've done so far this season, but a 600 winning percentage is nothing to scoff at. And they also have a plus 34 run differential, which has an expected record of 21 and 14, which is their actual record. So just having a solid season, like I said, last night's win did feel important to me just to kind of reverse the trend of of losing, right? They had lost six out of seven and five in a row, And then they lose these couple of games in St. Louis after winning the first one, having a chance to win a series just by getting one more win, and they couldn't do it. Got embarrassed on Sunday Night Baseball, blown out, looked bad. And just to get a one-run win in Coors Field, I felt was big. So the Giants are one and a half games back in the National League West, but it is important to start thinking about the 
wild card. I know people want to say, oh, just win the division. I don't want I don't want to get in any other way. But I mean, the wild card is worth talking about because there are more spots this year than they have than there have been in the past. This year, six teams in each league, so six National League teams, six American League teams will make the playoffs. That is down from five, right? Five in each league before that. Yeah, it was 10 and now it's 12 total. So an extra team in each league. So essentially you've got your three division winners and then there are three other teams that make the playoffs, the three next best teams. And the top two division winners get a first round bye and everybody else gets thrust into this best of three series with all three potential games being in the ballpark of the team with the higher seed. And so the Giants right now have a one and a half game lead over the Cardinals uh, who the Cardinals currently hold that third non-division leader spot. The Padres are ahead of the Giants by one game. And then the Giants are a game and a half ahead of the Cardinals. And then the Cardinals are two games ahead of the Diamondbacks. So essentially the Giants have a three and a half game lead on a playoff spot right now. So that is worth thinking about. They've they're in a pretty good position to make the playoffs at this moment in time. Fangraphs pegs the Giants playoff odds. If I have that pulled up somewhere, I guess I closed that tab. It was about 75% the last I saw, 74%, and pegs them for 89 wins. And Fangraphs has been historically kind of pessimistic about the Giants, but they do have them at 74%. And they're in in a good spot. You would ideally very much so want to avoid that best of three and get the bye. But and then if you can't do that, you'd certainly want to host that best of three series. But it is time to start at least thinking about their position in terms of the postseason. So lastly, the roster moves that the Giants made. So this is one of those things that the COVID IL completely screwed things up. If you remember me talking about how I was confused about the 40 man situation because Mauricio Jovera was he pitched for the Giants multiple times this year. He started a game even, but apparently he wasn't on the 40 man. So I guess he was one of those guys who got added to replace someone who was on the COVID IL. And then when he got taken off, they didn't have to DFA him to to take him off. They just got to remove him from the 40 man because someone who had COVID came back. So they had to re-add him yesterday because they wanted him back on the major league roster. And so they optioned Junior Marte which this is just, again, speaking to their desire at all costs to have 13 pitchers in Coors Field because Junior Marte had just pitched on Sunday and they they were sitting at 13 pitchers. Not only did they want 13 pitchers, but they needed a fresh one. They needed a fresh arm. And so they optioned Marte. They add Mauricio Jovera to the Major League roster and they had to add him to the 40-man. And so to add him to the 40-man, they had to make a corresponding 40-man move. And the move they made was putting Anthony DiSclafani, Tony DiSclafani, on the 60-day injured list, which is retroactive to when he went on the injured list initially, or even when he last pitched. And so that goes back to April. And so he's not eligible to come back now until June 21st. I've seen a lot written about this and how it's kind of a big deal. I don't really view it as that big of a deal because he's going to need a rehab assignment anyway and he's probably a little bit away from a little bit of a way away from starting a rehab assignment. And so this just gives him kind of a month to to ramp back up. So it's not that surprising. They've also got Jacob Junis pitching well currently in the rotation and Matthew Boyd 
may potentially be ready to come back before Di Scalfani. And Boyd, I just want to keep reminding people, they signed him to a major league $5 million deal knowing he was hurt. So he's very much in the mix to be in this starting rotation. And so he may come back before Di Scalfani. And also people are saying this is making the deal that they signed Di Scalfani to look bad. No, this is this happens with pitchers. They go down with injuries. Uh, it happens all the time, and you can't judge a multi-year deal in the first two months of year one. So he was very good last year, not against the Dodgers, not in the playoffs, but overall, I mean, this is like fifth starter money, $12 million a year, three years. It's, it's relatively cheap for a starting pitcher, and he was quite effective overall last season. And given how well he performed, it was actually kind of perhaps a bargain deal. I think it's a fair deal when all is said and done. But look at his numbers from last year. They were very good. And I, I still believe he can get back to that when his ankle settles down. So they said he didn't have a setback. That They didn't put him on the 60-day because of a setback. It was just they want to ramp him up slowly to come back. So that's all the time we have for today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk about any other moves that get made. It's kind of a daily occurrence with this team. And also, uh, today's, tonight's game with Alex Cobb on the mound for the Giants. Chad Cool, a right-handed pitcher, so expect a similar lineup on the mound for the Rockies. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out tremendously. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.